All right, DC Comic fans, it's time for another episode of DC Deep Dive with Jeff Anderson and Michael Mead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. DC Deep Dive once again, episode five, the Corona cancellation. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Jeff, what is going on, man? Well, you and I remain virus-free for yet another week. Yeah, here we go. Cross your fingers, man. Cross your fingers, indeed. You know, it has been... Such a fun ride so far, over four episodes. We're now entering our second month of the show. Every episode that we do from here on out is going to excite me because it's just one more episode on the pile. Yeah, this seriously, this, this has been really, really fun. Hasn't uh, it? It has. It has been really fun and exciting. And I, as I hope you and uh, everyone else that's actually listening, paying attention, can, uh, can hear that this is something I'm very passionate about and something I can tell you you're passionate about too, Jeff. Like, it's just been really fun to talk about it and kind of dissect it, which has really been really been uh, uh, something that I've been missing. And I think that uh, a true kind of passionate talk and a passionate uh, dissection of all this nerd culture, especially in DC specifically, uh, I think is needed. So I'm, I'm glad we're really doing this. Glad uh, you decided to do it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're here with me because you give an insight that I think very few other people could could really master. So I always appreciate that well, you're on you. the show as well. Yeah. Um, and not to make light of the coronavirus, I am one of the topics today is how is it affecting DC Comics? And it is affecting DC Comics. It but is. Before yes. we get into that, you know as well as I do, we got to talk about this week in comics and what did we read. So let's oh, yeah. go over we to the uh, yeah. go over to the cover pages here, and you Ooh. see this gorgeous, gorgeous Batman ninety by Matina. Mm -hmm. No, this this book is was so hot again this week, like this. You couldn't, you can't find this book on the shelf. This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's the same with, with the other two, uh, 89 and then uh, uh, Hell Arisen. Like this punchline craze yeah. has been, like, that, just, just that, it's been crazy. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. you wouldn't think it would be like, I, I, I knew it was going to be pretty bad, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Like, it, like you can't find this book on the shelf. People are calling nonstop about this book. Yeah, Batman. I, I actually legitimately... I legitimately, if, if we could talk, like getting into the story, besides the whole punchline thing, which she's not even in this issue. Like, Correct. It's the story's good. I've been really enjoying this. And this is the new artist on the uh, Jorge Jimenez. A beautiful book. He, you could tell he really was excited to do. I, I, I follow him on, on, the social, on social media, and he was so excited to do this book and to do, be a Batman artist. And you could totally tell. Yep, that is 100% true. So this story, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we're talking about the designer, right? This yes, is the, the, first, the first full appearance in his origin, is that correct? Yes, yeah, you, 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 get, you definitely get his origin. And I love it that it's like a, it's like a past. It's like literally moving from the past into the, into the uh, present kind of thing. Uh, Pat, Catwoman's story on how this all came to be yeah is so intense and you get like the classic like golden age kind of villains right yes those are all the golden age kind of villains gold and silver age kind of villains and you see them when they're like funny and silly kind of villains but then you see the transition into them a more modern dark yep. like cutthroat villain yeah especially how, the joker oh how they were and how they are how that kind of how that kind of compares exactly yeah that's really that was really exciting to see and another thing enjoy? about this particular book was that it was through the eyes or through the mouth, if you will, of Catwoman as she 
Quasi had to explain herself to Batman. Exactly. Exactly. Um, being able to see that regret, you know, you were able to feel her regret, but also feel like this is what we had to do. Like, she's not saying that she would have changed anything. She just regrets where it ended up. Like, mm -hmm. it, this book, this new storyline by, uh, by Jim Tinian is just such a classic Batman story, but he took it to that classic Batman tale and took it to the next level. I, I am, this, this story has been so amazing. And how, I mean, Jeff, how, how have you been enjoying it? Have you been reading it too? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the things we were talking about off the air prior to the show was making sure that we're accessible to newer comic book readers as well as veterans. I would argue that this is a decent enough book for somebody to jump on because you could pick this book up not having read issue 89 and know that this is a, a, a completely different direction or a, a great jumping on point. Like this story is going sure. to continue from here. Sure. That's a fact. No, yeah, this, this is definitely not a bad jumping on point. You could easily go back to the very beginning of the story. I mean, yeah, 89 is going to be a little hard to find. Um, but uh, yeah, going back in issue two wouldn't be bad either. But nine, yeah, if you can pick up 90, if you're looking to just jump into Batman again, if you haven't for a while or you've never read Batman before, this is such a good medium ground for everybody. People that have never read Batman, this is a, a phenomenal introduction to Batman. And people who have kind of drifted away from Batman thinking, you know, it's kind of lost what you've always loved about him. Welcome back. You know, mm -hmm. like this is exactly what you've been missing. This is what everyone's been missing, I think. And I agree, Jeff. This is a fantastic jumping on point. I strongly suggest people start reading Batman from issue 90. Yep. And if you can't get a hold of 89, don't you worry. There'll be second printings <laughs> and there'll be second oh, yeah. printings if, you know, if, if the collectability of it isn't your thing and the story of it is. 89 will be there, no problem. 90 will be there, no problem. Both will be in second print, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Second, I think second printing already, like, it hasn't come out yet, but I think it even went out of print. I think they're doing a third printing for, for 89 as well. So, no kidding. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely see it around. That's not a problem. Yep. So that's Batman 90. It was a great story. Man, I, I got to tell you, it really, I ended up adding it to my, I ended up adding it to my pull list now because and Batman wasn't on my pull list. I was just interested in the story. I told him, sure. add it to my pull list because this is getting really, really good. No, yeah. Thank, thank goodness that you did, man. This is great. Strange Adventures. Yeah. Oh, I've been looking forward to this book. I was looking forward to it the second I saw Tom King's name. <laughs> it's the same creative team that did uh, the award-winning Mr. Miracle series. Yep. Uh, and they add another artist in there as well, Evan. Um, he does half the book. And... This book was so fun, literally. And Tom King said it himself on his Twitter. You need to, because uh, uh, was it a, uh, a reader asked what they should read before getting into Strange Revengers. Nothing. You literally need to read nothing to get into this. Just enjoy it. He's going to explain everything to you. So again, we we're trying to get new readers into things. Strange Revengers is perfect. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, hi, I'm Adam. Can I sign a book for you? Love it. Like <laughs> Yes, I love that. Every fourth page was, you know, him at his book signing, going back to his book signing. Who is Adam Strange, you ask uh, new readers? Here's the good news. You get to find out who Adam Strange is in issue number one. And this thing just hit. I don't know. It's So tell me, from a, from a comic shop standpoint, I mean, is this still accessible on the shelf? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just from the huge success of uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, with this being the same creative team, uh, I believe a lot of shops kind of took a risk on this book, and I think it's really paying off. Uh, this book is fun. It's 
full of drama. It's relatable, just like Mr. Miracle was. You can put yourself into Adam Strange's shoes. You, even though he's this high-flying space adventure hero, you yeah. can feel what he's feeling. Like Tom King really knows how to write a relatable story. Mm -hmm. And part of your, I, I caught your preview video on Facebook the other day. You're absolutely right. This is a this is a it begins as a murder mystery, which is nice. It it's is. a it's classic whodunit. Exactly. Um, and the and the looming question is, did he, did Adam Strange do it? And did he do it? Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's really not spoiling much, ladies and gentlemen, because it doesn't state whether he does it or not. the The premise of this book is get into a little bit of this guy's past. Something happens. Somebody gets murdered, and fingers start pointing, and and loyalties started shifting quick. Quick. But I mean, yeah, that's just like a social commentary on how, you know, fast things change on like yeah. uh, on the on the Internet and people's uh, perception of, you know, how we place our uh, uh, the people we look up to and things like that on especially online. If they do one thing or even someone says they did something wrong, they're crucified for it. And yep. this is kind of a, like a social commentary on that, which is really, really cool take. And like I said, it's relatable. That's what goes on right now for us. And so you're putting something that people, like even people that don't really read comics, you're going to understand this book. And it's doing it through the lens of a classic Silver Age comic book character, which no one really took seriously before. And I think that's what I love about Tom King as well. Jeff Johns was able to, is very skilled at doing this as well, being able to take a character that no one really cares about and making them relevant and interesting. Yeah, that is 100% true. So that's, that is Strange Adventures, number one, a black label comic, which was kind of a refreshing thing to see as well. So we'll keep black an eye label, on this one. Uh, black label in normal size. Look at that. We're not getting a magazine size premiere edition. <laughs> That's very fun. This is what we talked about before. I want this. Why don't we get more of this? Yeah. And this this particular cover, I love it. Space Liar. This is what I got. Stranger Danger. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, man. Oh, man. Yeah, all a little bit of writing on it. It looks great. Yeah. Justice League 42, I did not pick this one up. This is all you. Let it rip. Sure. Well, I think this is like an episode of where to, for newbies to start in. Like, if you want to get back into comics or wanting to read comics again, Justice League has, from Rebirth issue number one, which is like kind of not a re restart or reboot, but it was a kind of reintroduction to uh, a lot of the DC characters, especially the Justice League, having a formed a whole new team. Ever since issue number one of Rebirth, Justice League, they, Scott Snyder was building this big Justice Do More. And I think it was issue 39. That ended in a really weird way. And they started issue 40, came into this new direction, completely new. You don't have nothing to do with anything else. It's just a classic Justice League story. And you're working together. The team is butting heads with each other, but at the same time, trying to save the world from uh, the Eradicator. So again, issue 40 for Justice League would be a phenomenal place to jump back into Justice League. The art has been really fun. And I've just been really, it's, it's a fun story. Like It's nothing, honestly, if I'm going to be real, nothing to shout home about. Uh, it's not going to like blow your mind. But if you're looking for a fun team Justice League book that doesn't really have a lot of in-depth story that you need to read back on and get history on, this is for sure it. Okay. It's, uh, that's Justice League. 42, and Michael's recommendation is you pick up issue 40 and start there if you're a newer comic book reader or a newer Justice Leaguer. 
Moving to flash number 750. Here we go. We you're, both... you're, the big, you're the big flash reader, Jeff. So uh, why don't yeah. you start us off on this one? Okay, so we both read this one, I'm assuming. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, well, well, well. I'm just, there's going to be, there's going to be spoilers abound. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, spoiler alert real quick, guys. <laughs> so cover your ears if you haven't read it or are going to read it or whatever, but. Yeah, you I, can't really I, talk I, about the book without spoiling it, so. Yeah, I, I, have a, I actually, I have a question for you on this particular book, having read it towards the end, because there was what, four stories, five stories? Yes. Like, <laughs> and we're going to the most important story? Yes, let's go to the, no, <laughs> the no. most important story. I'm going to go to the first one. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. The first story, but at, I'm going to the end of the first story because it was great, oh, right? Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And Iris, Iris had something to tell him. Actually, she had two things to tell him. And were they alluding to she was having twins? I would assume so, you know? Yeah. But right? I, mean, I mean, is is that really, that's, that's more of a, uh, what is it? That's more of a, like a Wally thing, right? Like did Barry yes. have twins? Yeah. So when when Barry said goodbye and she's like, I, oh, I have something to to show you or mention. Did she say show or? So I, I think she said show you. I have something to show yeah. you. As a matter of fact, I have two things to show you. And I'm like, okay, are they gonna like? Is that that would be really cool. That would be kind of a twist, right? Yeah. So I thought that was really neat. With the um, whole uh, what's his name? Uh, what's this new villain that, that they threw in? Um, Godspeed. No, well, Godspeed was in there. Yeah. Um, the, the uh, villain he was working for, the, the paradox, um, paradox. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was cool. We we get to see paradox, um, and I don't know. Like I, the rest of the the whole middle of the book was kind of filler for me. Dude, uh, I I it was, was right in that same boat with you. I did not in my look. I did not enjoy the middle of the book at all. First story, yeah. fantastic. Last story, blew it out of uh, water, and everything in between. Like okay. Great. Get me to give back to the good stuff. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. That's the way it rolled. I don't um, know. With a, with a cat, with a was it uh, Captain Cold story, which was really just throwaway. Nothing happened in that in that story. Uh, and then Mirror Master, uh, which I mean, it's just some classic Flash kind of rogues gallery tales. Uh, all right. But not it's, in like a nostalgia sense. It just seemed like they were throwing it at us. Okay. Since you brought up the Mirror Master story, I'm just gonna go out there and and. Well, let's start talking about how some of the things are going to change on our channel or on our yeah, podcast. Sure. We're going to start grading some of these books in different, in different ways, whether it's art scale or our favorite panel or page or conversation. And I'll tell you what, I did, could not stand the art for that. Oh, sure, sure. It, it, was, it was pick a direction and then go the other way. But then once you've gone the other way, pick a different direction. It wasn't like they changed artists. That artist changed art. And I get it. It was a fun house. But then, like, or a mirror, house of mirrors. But he came out of the house of mirrors, and we still all jack. Like, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, that that artist. Uh, I don't know. He, he did a run at the very beginning of like Rebirth Batman. He did the, like the, the monsters storyline, uh, like issue like eight, seven, and eight of Batman. Uh, and then he also did Hell Hell Hellblazer for Rebirth at the beginning of that. And I didn't like him on either one of those. But let's see. The thing is, I do like his style. I just think he's more of an independent kind of style you can, mm -hmm. you can put him on like an independent book and he would probably rock it um but yeah it just did not work at all for this book he keeps trying to do superhero books and i just don't think he should be doing superhero books because it's not that like traditional style of comic book art and not that right. you have to stick with that traditional style of comic art but you kind of need to fit within this very large box 
for comics, for superheroes at least, I think, uh, for it to be kind of worth it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So Wally West is like posting up yes. on a on a Mobius chair. The big book, like the big storyline, I think the real reason I really picked up this book was the very last story of uh, 750. Absolutely. So he keeps re referring to himself. What was it? A, the, the God hero? Like, how does he? Yeah, he's like, I'm the fastest man alive. Now I can do, you know, I got this. Like, I love that last line, you know, like, I, I can I can fix this. Because, and he also has Dr. Manhattan's symbol on his forehead, too. Have you been noticing that? I have. I thought that was quite yeah. interesting since that went down in um, uh, the when we just finished Flash Forward. Flash Forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I like where they're going. I, first off, I love Wally West. I think he's one of my favorite Flashes. I kind of grew up with him in the 90s, right? Um, but I, I like Barry. I totally do. I like that they reintroduced Barry as the main Flash, especially for the New 52. Uh, and I love that they brought Wally back. And they, I just felt like they never knew what to do with him, their original Wally West. Uh, and so they're kind of throwing him into all these different directions. And I think they're finally getting on track to something that I think could be huge. And universe changing uh especially him in the mobius chair and he even alludes to it in the story right he's like i have a fast brain i can keep up with all this stuff so it's like he has a whole nother level that no one in the mobius chair could have done before right yep it's gonna be that's gonna be one fun ride when we finally get to get to where flash is headed so i'm finally excited again to pick flash back up it's back on my poll list for now because like i told you before it had been in my opinion some real subpar stories some real sub it was dragging. So that was another thing we talked about was grading the pacing of a, of a storyline. Sure. And all puns, none intended about pacing a flash book. It was dragging so bad. Yeah. Uh, with the, you know, the, what was it? The um, Fuerza and the other guy, the, the still force and the strength force. The still force, yeah. All that stuff was like, I get it. It's cool, but not 18 issues cool or 12. Like it, it, and if it wasn't 18 issues, that shows you how bad it dragged. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I think I think I might start reading Flash again, especially if we're starting to get into a lot of this big universe changing stuff that Wally has to do. Um, but another, like the really big reason I read I read this book this week was everything that happened in that Wally West story at the end is a huge game changer. Like he he's reintroduced, he's showing us what is kind of going. He's hinting, is he hinting at five G? I don't know. Uh, but he, he, he's showing that the timelines aren't mixed up. There's not two different, it's not a multiverse. The universe that they're in is just broken. And both of everything is existing at once. And he's trying to fix it. I think that's a cool little take instead of, you know, divulging into a different universe. It's the same universe as before New 52. It's just broken. So that's Flash 750. And from what you're saying, you're going to be reading 751. Yeah, I think I'll pick it up. Now, one quick thing on 750, is DC, is it their intent to go legacy issue numbers again like Marvel started doing? Are they going to do this for all the books? I have no idea. They didn't with, uh, well, they did. I think they did with, uh, with Wonder Woman. I think they're keeping the, the legacy number for, for Wonder Woman as well. Um, right. So that's why I wonder like, if they're going to start doing this with Bats and, and Action Comics because they already did like Action Comics 1000, but then they just dropped it again, you know? Or uh, no, no, they, no, action is still, still thousands, still, isn't it? Yeah, it's still in the thousands, and so and so is Detective. So I think they are going to start kind of going back to the legacy numberings for all these. Uh, well, well, we'll see when they, when they hit Batman for sure. I mean, because they kind of did 
they already passed Batman and Superman 750, right? A while ago. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't put back on the legacy numberings for those two, but that was before action and detective a thousand. So maybe going forward that they will, I, I, I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, it looks better when you're going through your comic book box, yeah. right? Instead of like these random ones that that uh, <laughs> that pop up in your in your in your in your run. Plus, I think it adds to collectability. I really do. Uh, all these reboots that Mo- that Marvel does, like people just don't collect Marvel books. They get them, they buy them, they read them, they throw them out. Just like I don't need ten volumes of Avengers. Just give me one long run, and so I can just keep piling them in without a divider. It's kind of crazy. Yep, it is that. So I was just curious if that's that was a direction they wanted to go here in the near future, or if that was something that they were considering, you know, for all the books or other books, et cetera. So. I think we'll only see it in the main, main, main guys. So the, the titles that have been around the longest. All right, that wraps up our comics that we read this week. Really kind of a light week for my... It was, it was. For my reading, I know, really light for you. Yeah, no, it, it, was, it, was, pretty, it was pretty light this week. Nothing really crazy happened. There's some cool, like, really big books that came out, but not a lot. Diving into a bit of the why the episode's called the Corona Cancellation. I don't have to tell you <laughs> listeners about the coronavirus. The media does a great enough job of that. The Corona Cancellation, DC says, we are not showing up at Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah, do you see that? Now, I, it doesn't shock me that they're not showing up. I think this is, for them, this ended up being good because yeah. I don't think they were going to show up because they don't know what they're doing currently in the, the front office, right? Yeah, I, oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, I was just saying that the other day. Uh, uh, to, I was talking to someone about that too. I, I think they were using this as a front. They're like, oh, cool. We have a good excuse for not showing up. Yes. You know, like, I, I don't think, I think they're just trying to bide as much time as they can, which is, it's just, I think they're trying to, they're trying to fix something. They're trying to fix what's, what's going on. Especially like uh, Jim Lee's been talking like crazy, not crazy, but he's been mentioning stuff too. That's very contradictory to what's, what everyone's been thinking, what all the rumors have been going around. Mm-hmm. So. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. Them well, canceling e, uh, ECCC is, is kind of a big deal. Uh, I know it's, a lot of companies are leaving uh, Emerald City Comic Con too um, because of the, the, that's the main focus. That's the main hit of the coronavirus up there in the Seattle area. So uh, well, that this, does make sense. This just in, Emerald City Comic Con itself now is canceled. Oh, I didn't read that. When, when, when did that get posted? I mean like an hour and a half ago. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That doesn't, like I said, that doesn't surprise me, though. It doesn't surprise me. Like, I was just reading yep. about everyone that was pulling, all the big companies were pulling out uh, out yesterday and the day before. So that doesn't surprise me at all. DC Comics, Harper, Oni Press, Dark Horse, like all of these companies. So you know, yeah. just pulling this up well, now, just, just getting this news is that <laughs> Emerald City Comic Con is not happening. I mean, when your biggest companies like Dark Horse, Oni Press, and Image, they're based in Seattle, they're based in Oregon, when they're that close. And mm-hmm. not to go to that that con, it's just it's just gonna hurt you. Yep. So that's that's it for EC three, uh, which that's crazy. That is. That's a big show. It's a really cool show. Have you have you ever been? I have. That was uh, that was my first big big. I've never been to San Diego Comic Con, so yeah. this was my first big show, and it was a lot of fun. That's as a matter of fact. I met uh, J. Scott Campbell. Oh, did you? Two yeah. years back. That show and WonderCon are like actual comic conventions. Those are the two like really big ones. Same with like uh, Phoenix Comic Con and things like that. Those are like two really cool big comic shows. San Diego is not a comic show anymore. It's just a, a big media convention that's comic book themed. 
You That's know, kind what of thing. it feels like to me as an outsider yeah. looking in. Like it just seems like panel after panel of, oh, this movie's coming out. Oh, this TV show's coming out. Oh, this movie just came out. Oh, this TV show's just now in its fourth season. Like, or and if that's not what it's like, that's what the outside gets reported on, you know? No, that's exactly what it is. It's just a mass of people. I mean, it's it's really cool. I always recommend someone at least go to San Diego once to experience it. Um, but if you're looking for like a good comic show, that is not it. You want Emerald City is is or was was fantastic. And like I said, WonderCon is probably one of the last big comic book shows. Well, bummer uh, for for Emerald City Comic Con goers, people that have prepaid tickets. I wonder that's going to be a that's going to be a nightmare for the that's not organization. <laughs> that is not. I'm not, I'm gl so glad I don't work for e, uh, Emerald City Comic Con at this point. All right, so. You had mentioned a few episodes in a row now, and I kept forgetting to press this issue, so I'm not forgetting this one. John Romita Jr. Oh! Brian, Brian Michael Bendis. Now, I don't know that they share the same basket for you, but I want you to talk about both and, and your uh, wonderful feelings for both of them. So let's start with John Romita Jr. Let's do it. Let's start with the worst. Uh, <laughs> I don't know him personally, so uh, this is nothing I'm to, do, to do with him on a personal level. I don't even really read a lot about him like, uh, like as a person, so I don't really know any of that. I'm literally just commenting on his art, and his art for me is terrible, and he just keeps getting lazy. It just seems like his artwork it keeps getting lazier and lazier the lazier the more he does it. Like I liked, like his, his Daredevil run in the 80s was decent. It really was, and again, I say decent, not even like amazing, and then it just kind of disintegrates from there. Like I, I just, Okay. So I, I didn't like that he was brought over to DC, especially putting on a premiere book like Superman when he did uh, at the tail end of uh, New 52. It's just his his faces and his people are so blocky. It just doesn't it doesn't translate well for me. It really doesn't. Okay. And then Bendis, you you mentioned you know you you took issue with Marvel folk moving into DC. That's um, another one. Yeah, exactly. But um, JRJR was premier artist over at Marvel for decades. And then so was Bendis. Bendis was their big writer for decades. Mm -hmm. And I, the, the difference between uh, JRJR and uh, Bendis for me is Brian Michael Bendis, first off, is a comic book writer that got uh, his huge break over at Marvel. He created, he helped create the Ultimate Universe over at Marvel. He was writing Ultimate Spider-Man, right? Which I loved. I think so good. Look. That, that was seriously, and it and it it's record-breaking, too. Brian Michael Bendis was the writer on that book with Mark Bagley doing the art. They had mm. the longest stint of the creative team on a single book. I think they went over like 100 and 120, 100, no, 160 issues together, which is unheard of besides like the uh, the Scott, uh, the Jack Kirby and Stan Lee Fantastic Four run. They beat them on that. But he was like such a good writer. But then... He started to fall off Marvel, and I think he needed to make a career jump, and DC invited him over, and I think they only brought him over for his name. They put him on Superman and destroyed Superman for me. <laughs> uh, like, that book, the Rebirth Superman, what I'm talking about, Rebirth Superman, uh, started a couple years ago uh, with... Uh, Rogal Czar? Yeah, well, no, no, that, that yeah, that was uh, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis's reboot of it, um, but I'm talking before... With uh, when he had you know had his family with John Kent and he was married to Lois and this is with Gleason as the the artist and Tomasi with as the writer right of Rebirth Superman it should have been called Superman Greatest Dad right like that's what it should have been called <laughs> the story was so heartfelt and it meant something right people let me back up like 
a lot of people don't like Superman just because they think he's like overpowered. Uh, he doesn't have really weakness. And that's kind of true. His real weakness, his real something to hit home at is his family. You can throw a kryptonite at him all day. He'll, he'll get over that. But his family is where his real heart lays. And that's where his power comes from too. And I think diving into that, like Gleason and Tomasi did with the rebirth Superman run was phenomenal. And then Bendis just steps in and blows that all out of the water. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, I just, I wanted to get some context for when you, when you keep mentioning, you know, the, anytime we talk about JRJR or Bendis and I can hear, I can hear your teeth grind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that's yeah that's that's really my my big thing like uh it's just he he's not writing good stories he's really not bendis it's not benefit i don't think he writes well for the dc characters because dc characters have a different feel entirely than marvel characters or even independent characters he's writing them as if these are just like normal people right and yeah. that's kind of Mar marvel's characters are superheroes with day jobs right you can relate to them where dc characters are are characters you want to aspire to you know they want that there are on these pedestals that are for us to be like listen those are good heroes this is something that we want to strive for and be so we can be better people mm -hmm. marvel characters are flawed and i think bendis is writing them like marvel characters it's just it just doesn't fit it feels weird okay i'm glad we had to, you know we, i'm glad we aired that out for the the listeners for you. Yeah, I always put air, air out your dirty laundry a little bit. Yeah, it's always fun. <laughs> so, the one of the things we want to do in the future, uh, again, we were talking about this prior to the show, was talk about a project book in between episodes, uh, ladies and gentlemen. What we want to do is uh, talk about or read a book in between episodes, and then on the next week's episode, we really dissect this book, and I, I don't mean just the story, I mean the pieces, the art, the dialogue, the exchanges, the panels, the pacing. I mean, really go to town on this, on this trade paperback, if you will, uh, for time constraints, and probably you know, like just be one volume at a time if we do an ongoing series, or if we do a one-shot story, uh, what have you. So, Michael, what do you think of that idea? I think it's phenomenal. I think that'll get people that already come to us, or just, you know, are looking for, are in the comic book culture in general, and your culture in general, I think that'll be right up their alley to, you know, to get suggestions on what to read and what to not, mm -hmm. uh, or just to talk about it. But then it also get all the, the new characters or, or new uh, readers or people coming back into comics. That'll be great for them to, uh, for places to start so they can kind of hone into what they want. Because I know, to be, to be real, from a consumer point of view, comics can be kind of expensive. Comics are something that's not a cheap hobby, especially if, you can easily fall into it, right? And I think if we kind of guide people in the right directions of different things that they enjoy, I yeah. think it's really cool. Okay, so let me ask you this. I have, in my mind, I have my number one story of all time. Um, so I'll, I'll keep that in my brain. Okay. Do you have like a story that you could read over and over and over again. Um, that's just like your absolute favorite. You recommend it to everyone in the DC universe. Oh yeah, there's I have I have a, I have a list. <laughs> oh, you have a list. Have a list. All right, I have a so list of books I could just name off that I read con just whenever I'm bored or whenever I need to pick me up. So okay. yeah. So so tell me about this list. I'm I'm super intrigued about that, and, and maybe we'll go deep into your list in another uh, another episode. Uh, another episode, I might challenge you to rate your own top ten. Of course, um, that's fun. 
what what is the first one though that like comes to mind reader comes to you and says hey i want to get into dc comics what's a good story that you've read like what's the top one on your in your mind top book that i read for dc well story arc story arc (laughs) yeah i mean that's a super complicated question but if i'm thinking just dc if i'm thinking superheroes if i'm thinking something that's gonna be relatable for the universe itself i would probably go identity crisis oh that's it that's the one in my head. I yeah, kid you not. I'd probably go Identity Crisis. That is the number one book. Like, I will, I will fight people all day to tell me that that's not the best. It's so funny. I should have wrote it somewhere and be like, look, I told you it was Identity. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Now, no, there's, part no, of there's it, better. There's better written books. Like, I'm going to be honest. There's better written, better drawn books. Like, I could easily put Watchmen or V for Vendetta or uh, Red Sun or, you know, Dark Knight Returns, you know. Okay. But, if I'm looking for like that crucial DC classic superhero feel, it's gonna be Identity Crisis. Oh, so awesome that you said. Okay, good. Then we don't have to we don't have to argue about what we should re- read between now and next week. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I'm totally done. I'll reread reread that anytime. I will read this for the sixth time this week. <laughs> Please do. Um, I'll I'll pull, find it somewhere. Yeah, not not to say that I've read it five times this week. This will be my sixth time reading this thing from cover to cover, and it, like it never. It never gets bad for me. I love this book. So I'm so glad you said Identity Crisis. I can't wait no, to I, tell my wife, like, hey, listen to his favorite <laughs> book. You won't believe it. Yeah, no, this is a book that we read. Uh, I, I do, a, again, I, I think I mentioned this before. I do a, a graphic novel book club with a, with a few guys, which have been phenomenal. Uh, Ryan Romanus and uh, uh, Jim Reinhardt. Uh, such great guys. And uh, I think we've done this book twice on accident because it's just so <laughs> fun to, to read and, and do. Like, we've been doing this for like, like almost, almost a decade, as long as I was working there i think i think coming on our eighth eighth or ninth year now uh, of constant book club but you know going each month and doing it and yeah i think we've done it twice by accident and but we didn't even realize till after because we were just talking about it and so how awesome the story is so yeah uh, let's do it identity crisis man and it's here's I, okay i could literally talk about this one book for an hour i i love the fact that as a new reader you can just read this for its in like for its inside story from cover to cover no, you've yeah, got, again, you've got a whole mystery. Go, and for for veteran readers, for lack of a better word, there is so much undertone for you to kind of grasp. It's just, it's, it's great. I have no, exactly. Yeah. So. No, the, yeah, the, this book, yeah, like like you said, the any new reader can jump on it. It's called Identity Crisis, and you don't need to know anything going in. They explain everything so well in that mm-hmm. book, especially when it all comes together at the end. Um, and then you get. For the new readers, it's not something boring or you know to introductory. You get all the history of DC Comics as well, so you, you get you quite have, the history. You have that pull for for the new for the new and for the old and experienced readers. So this is a perfect book all around. Yep, it is, uh, dude. I'm still like, my heart's still racing that you said that book. It's, <laughs> it's the book. When you talk about favorite artists, Michael Turner is mine, 100. And oh, the covers on those are beautiful, man. Yep. And it, you know, you talk about gone too soon, that guy. That's but not a joke, though. It is not like his art. I'll have to show you a Joker cover I have of his that never got released. Like, oh please, yeah. He did a Joker sketch that never got put on a cover, so they put it on a Batman cover or Suicide Squad cover, uh, post uh, posthumously. So, got it. No, yeah, I, I pretty much try to grab anything I see of his too. Yeah, it's yeah. He's just a phenomenal. Uh, he was just a phenomenal artist, and he kind of changed the game of what comics look like. One of my favorite stories of his, which he does beautiful interiors for, was the Batman, the uh, Superman Batman run with uh, Supergirl. 
That was so good. He did that. And then uh, Superman for Tomorrow. Yes, Superman for Tomorrow. Brilliant book. Um, I forget, did, uh, was, that, was that Azarello? No, I think Azarello was. Uh, oh, was yes, right. you were right. What, was that Azarello? Yeah, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Azarello uh, was writing that storyline with uh, Turner Art. Again, beautiful book. And the coloring on that, it's, it's just so striking. It's such a next level comic book art. It's crazy. He did, he did flash covers in the 206 to 212 range? Yes, with Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns was writing the Flash at the time. Uh, and that was such a good, speaking of Wally West again, Wally <laughs> West Flash, such a good run. Oh my God. I have a soft spot for, I don't know if you could tell, for Jeff Johns. He's well, there's a reason for it. The writer. guy is yeah. an incredible writer. Exactly. And he, he just takes characters that people don't care about anymore or third, second, third string and make them relevant. And he kind of did that with Flash. And he did that with Green Lantern. No one was looking at Flash. No one was looking at Green Lantern. And he turned them around and make them top tier again. Yeah, 100%. Jeff Johns, incredible writer. Michael Turner, incredible artist. And that is going to wrap up the podcast edition of Episode 5, The Corona Cancellation, everybody. Yeah. We want to thank you for listening this week. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, be sure to stay tuned as we have the comic cover of the week coming up. And Michael is going to be blown away. I, I have no doubt I will. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. And remember, there's a comic book for everyone. Thanks, guys. I would probably go identity crisis. I would probably go identity crisis. I would probably go identity crisis. Identity crisis. Identity crisis.